I'll tell you this, the podcast was probably, I don't know if I could call it the smartest thing, but definitely up there for one of the smartest things I've ever done. Um, and the reason is a few, okay. Number one with the podcast, unlike other content, you know, you, you get the opportunity to invite people, right? So it's like other content, I, which I do, it's like me solo and I do the content and it's fine. But you know, when somebody comes on my podcast, we do them all live. Um, it's a way to like build a relationship. And so all these people come in and they see our offices, they see the people working all this stuff and like, wow, okay, this guy's like legit. I didn't realize he had all this going on. And then we film the show, we build rapport. It's great. And inevitably, um, assuming everything goes well, like we become friends and you know, it's from there that anything can happen. I mean, when you're interviewing high level people, um, the opportunities are endless. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tracy down at Tranquil Turn Massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Look, my wife and I, we see Tracy and her team every single month for a couple's massage, and it is the best thing. Tracy is a master massage specialist and a Hanu Ashiatsu trainer. You need to reach out to Tracy and her team. Make sure that you tell them that I sent you, and you'll get 25 bucks off your next massage. Also, while you're there, check out CDA Brows, Body, and Ink. Make sure to tell Tracy that I sent you, and you'll save 100 bucks on your next tattoo brows and plasma tightening services. Ryan, you're a husband, you're a father, you're an entrepreneur that has founded six different seven, eight figure businesses. You're a former minor league baseball player, podcast host, so much more, man. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. I like to kick things off by going back a bit. Where did you grow up and what was childhood like for you? Um, I mean, I grew up right here in Vegas, so born and raised one of the few, um, you know, I left to, to go play baseball for many years and go to college and all that, but I always came back and I nice. love Vegas. So, you know, growing up in childhood, um, a lot of people think like, man, was it crazy? You know, <laughs> Vegas is so bad and all this stuff, but you know, my parents, um, they, they did a great job raising me and, and giving me, you know, all the tools to succeed. Um, they're still married to this day. You know, I grew up uh, in the church. I grew up um, with an entrepreneurial mindset. You know, my, my dad was a, um, he owned a convenience store and then my mom was a realtor and, you know, they kind of just like empowered me to do what I wanted. So, you know, I wanted to play baseball and so they got me all the best coaches and, you know, found a way to get me to the tournaments and the showcases and, and everything that, you know, we needed to do to make that a reality. So you know, growing up, I mean, I got nothing but um, great things to say about how my parents raised me. Yeah, man, what what a cool thing, man, that they were able to get you to all those tournaments. I played baseball for about 10 years up until the end of high school and, you know, like, like competitive softball after that for a couple of years. But uh, I mean, you were actually drafted by the Oakland A's, their minor league team, You even played in the World Baseball Classic. I worked for baseball uh, minor league team for about two years. It was awesome. But I know the players don't make much. Like, what was that experience like for you playing in the minor leagues? Yeah. Um, it was tough, man. Like, you know, I knew going into it, I wasn't going to make money. Like you just know. Um, so yeah. I was already kind of mentally prepared for it, but you know, it's, it's a totally different game, man. I mean, when you're growing up and you're the best player on your high school team, then, you know, you're the best player on your college team. And then you get to pro baseball and you're like, wow, dude, this is the best player from not only everyone's team, but also the world. You know, these are right. now it's a worldwide game and, you know, the competition level is just so much greater. And so you got to keep rising up to the occasion. 
you know, on top of that, you have to actually be an adult. So, you know, it's a job. Uh, <laughs> totally. <laughs> you got to stay in shape. Uh, if you if you go out and party that night, you're going to pay the penalty the next day. Um you know, you got to deal with pressure. You got to deal with fans talking crap. You got to deal with politics. You know, you don't know if you're going to play that day or not. It's very different than a normal job where it's like you show up to work, you know what job you have. Like baseball, we don't we don't know what the lineup card is going to be that next day. You totally. know, so there's so much uncertainty in pro sports that um, it's unlike, I think, any other career field where it has a very um, defined lifespan, right? It's like, dude, you can only play from this age to this age after that you're done. Right. Yeah. It has a very yeah. like cutthroat mentality of, Hey, if you're not getting the job done, there's somebody else, you know, below you who wants your job or somebody on the bench who wants your job. Um, and that's just the way it is. So I had to develop a lot of, I guess, mental um, strength or whatever you would call it to deal with all these different things. And I mean, yeah. granted too, you know, I was 21 when I got drafted. So you got to like learn these things at a very young age. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's when you got your, got into real estate, right? About that same time, you're 21 years old, getting into real estate there. When I was 21, I was getting stoned and drinking all the time. But uh, like yeah. for you, like, and you, you mentioned your mom was in real estate. Was she the one that kind of influenced you to go get into real estate at that time? You know, she never wanted me to get into real estate. Um, and it wasn't ever like a conversation in her house where it's like, you got to own rental properties. And like, that was never a thing. It was always like, Ryan, just play baseball, focus on that. And then you'll make money. The rest will figure itself out. So yeah. I was never like influenced to try and be an entrepreneur or go into real estate, even though that's what my parents did. Um, I was just focused on baseball. But I also knew, you know, this was 2010. So we were just like at the bottom after the great recession. And so my parents right. were in really bad shape financially. You know, we lost the home I grew up in. Uh, my dad lost all of his uh, convenience stores. My mom's realtor business like came to a halt. You know, she couldn't wow. sell a house. So like, it was a really dark time um, for our family, especially after growing up like middle class. And, sure. you know, I, I just knew, I was like, man, I mean, if I'm only going to make 1200 bucks a month, like, they can't support me anymore. They did support me throughout college and high school and all that, but they're not, I can't rely on them. So I need to figure right. out how to make money. And I had another dilemma of, well, I'm also going to be gone like six months out of the year playing baseball. <laughs> and I need a job that's flexible where I can still practice and do the things I got to do that are like the important things for my baseball career. And so you know, I just, as I looked at, it, I was like, being a realtor kind of like allows me to do that. I can just, you know, do it when I want. Um, yeah. I don't have a boss. I can leave and go play baseball and come back and do it. So it was just like the most obvious thing to do, um, <laughs> given my circumstance. It's not like I wanted to do it or liked it. It was just like, this is what I have to do. There's, this is the only right. choice to, to balance. Yeah. <laughs> so good, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a video that you had posted on Instagram a, a few weeks back. You talked about these three pillars that people really need to take to get wealthy. And, and these were so good there. Uh, but what are those three pillars and, and which one would you recommend that folks start with? Um, are you talking about make, manage, multiply? Which one are you talking about? Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was um, entrepreneurship was one. And then the other one was oh. um, influence. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So basically, like if you want to become wealthy, there are multiple ways to do it, right? So yeah. entrepreneurship is definitely one of them, right? I mean, some of the most successful people in the world have, have 
done it because they started businesses, right? Jeff Bezos yeah. didn't become, you know, ultra rich from social media or working a job. He did it because he started a business. Um, so that's one way. The second way is from influence. Now, this really wasn't a thing until social media came along. But man, I mean, some of the biggest, richest people in the world are rich, not because they were such great entrepreneurs, but they were great at, at getting influence. And, right. you know, when I look at guys like Mr. Beast, when I look at guys like Logan Paul and Jake Paul and what these guys are doing because of their massive influence, um, you look at the Kardashians, you know, that granted, all of them are now great entrepreneurs, but they started out on the influence side, then they became entrepreneurs. And that's what you see with so many of these you know, celebrities doing now. It's like the rock has tequila now and Kevin Hart has all his things. And, you know, George Clooney sold Casamigos. And so like, they all realize they need to use their influence to go sell products and yeah. they got to own the products. They need to quit being, you know, just like a sponsored person or, you know, somebody who's just getting paid. Like they got to have ownership. That's how you make real wealth. Right. Um, so influence gets you there. Um, and then the last one is just investing. I mean, you can invest your way into becoming wealthy, you know, even if you just have a normal W2 job and you're not influential, but, you know, you go make, let's just say 100K a year, which in today's world isn't a lot of money. But, you know, if you if you could figure out how to live off the 100K and save a bunch of it and then start investing it every year, um, obviously my preferred choice is real estate. I mean, you know, if you buy a house a year, okay, if you just saved up every single year and bought one house, I mean, the next 20 years, you're going to have 20 homes. I mean, you're going to be a multi multimillionaire and yeah. you know, you're going to have, you're going to be wealthy. So it's just going to be a slower grind. Um, but you'll get there now <clears throat> the people who have all three, I mean, then you're just like what they call the, the triple threat in Hollywood. Right. But as a triple, yep. like the triple threat in Hollywood is you can sing, you can dance, you can act, you know, in, in business, it's, you have influence, you're a great entrepreneur and you're a great investor. Man, so good. So good. I love that you're so open with your faith uh, when you're talking on posts. And I think a lot of uh, people, they tend to shy back on that. And for me, I gave my life to Christ in when I was 24 years old. I came out of a crazy broken home and all of that craziness. Um, yeah. But for you, like, how did you, you said you grew up in the church, but was there a moment that you're like, man, I'm giving my life to Christ right now? What was that testimony for you? Yeah, it's funny because, uh, you know, we do so much now with um, the church and just like, I, I've had my own Bible study here at my office for the last five years. And, you know, now awesome. we've got um, a community called Wealthy Kingdom where I'm trying to bring together Christian entrepreneurs to to grow in their faith, grow in their business, grow in their family. Um, so I've been doing a lot um, lately. And I've, I've, like I said, I grew up in the church, you know, ever since I can remember, I was going to church since I was four years old. And wow. You know, when I tell people my testimony, it's kind of boring because there was no like rebellion stage where I was like, I grew up as one of these church kids. And then like, I went to college and went nuts and, you know, <laughs> uh, I had to come back like that didn't happen. Yeah. Like I was, I was always a pretty strong believer, even in college and pro baseball, you know, uh, it's funny. Like my, uh, my wife, I've, I've maybe told the story a couple of times, but like, you know, my wife and I we got engaged when she was 19 and I was 23 or 20. Yeah, probably 23. And, you know, she was the only girlfriend I ever had, you okay. know, and it's not that I couldn't get girls. Like I could get girls. That wasn't a problem. It was just that I knew like, I wasn't just messing around. Like if I was going to like seriously find 
a spouse. I wanted them to be a believer. I wanted them to, you know, like if, if it wasn't going to lead to marriage, it was a waste of time. And so yep. basically I was one and done and it was good. Come on. So, <laughs> you know, you know, as far as my testimony goes, it's like, you know, I got baptized finally when I was 18, but I was a believer long before that. Um, yeah. And it doesn't mean like, obviously I'm definitely not perfect. I've had plenty of ups and downs in my life dealing with different struggles and everything else. But, um, yeah, dude, God's God, God has had his hand on my life for as long as I can remember. I think that your testimony is an amazing testimony in itself, man. I mean, to, to be able to stay the path that you're on that whole time, man, what, what, that's an amazing testimony that can, you know, impact a lot of people, man. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. I want to talk about your event, man. This is awesome. You've got WealthCon coming up. It's in Las Vegas, July 11th through the 13th. The speaker list is like stacked. Uh, for those who don't know, like what's this event about? Who are some of the speakers and how can folks get there? Yeah. So, you know, it's it's an event on, like you said, July 11th to the 13th here in Vegas. Um, you know, we've got guys like Brad Lee, um, you know, from, uh, you guys probably seen his podcast and stuff. He's, he's crazy. Um, and then we yeah, have like, I love Brandon. Brad. <laughs> we have Brandon Turner, who I would call the anti Brad Lee. Um, he's the host <laughs> of the bigger pockets podcast for many, many years as 10,000 units right now. And then wow. and we've got Dan Martell, who's exited a bunch of companies, SAS, SAS wizard. We've got, you know, social media creators. We've got big real estate people. We've got just entrepreneurs that are absolutely killing it. So, um, yeah, the speaker list list is huge and, you know, just like the content's going to be amazing. Um, you know, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur or a real estate investor, this is the event for you. Like, there's no reason not to be here. Um, and then I, also too, like with our events, cause we throw events a lot. Um, our experience is something we really focus on, you know, at the end of the day, content is content and you're going to get a lot of content, but more values usually had in the experience and the networking. And so we have, you know, after parties, we have cocktail hours. We have like, it's literally, it's not an event that's like from nine to five. It's like from, you know, the moment you arrive till like three days later when you leave, it's just <laughs> nonstop. Um, awesome. So they're, they're, they're amazing. And that's why people keep coming back. And um, we're just fortunate that uh, we've gotten pretty good at throwing them and people love them. So we're gonna keep doing it. Come on. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Brad's a good dude. I was a guest on dropping bombs about a year ago and, and okay. uh, he he's been on my show uh, before as well, man. And and just that list of speakers you got at this event, man, it's going to be life changing for a lot of folks. Now you have success. You've got money. You've got a great family. What is it that keeps you going at this point in life though? Good question, man. Um, look, there's, there's a lot of things that happen as you, I guess, have more success, right? I think you keep climbing the ladder of what fulfills you right so obviously the faith side's always been there but you know it, it's hard to be like man i'm just solely like you know whatever god wants for me i'm gonna do it when you're like broke and you don't have a lot so it becomes tough and so i remember when we first got married we were completely broke and you know we were living in a small apartment i did not have a career you know i just gotten released by the oakland a's so I was like, man, I, this baseball thing, I thought that was the thing my sure. entire life. And it's probably not the thing now, you know, if I'm being real. And I had already failed as a real estate agent. I realized I hated that. And literally, the only thing I was doing to make money was I was substitute teaching, making 90 bucks a day. And it was just like my wife was in college and all this. And, you know, I just remember sitting there 
like having just got married and kind of like having this guilt that I'm like, man, I need to like step up and be a better provider. You know, it's one thing mm -hmm. when I was like a broke minor leaguer on my own and I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's another yeah. thing when I have a to provide for a wife and like give her an amazing life. And so, you know, that that kind of led me down the path of entrepreneurship and um you know, my first successful entrepreneur um endeavor was couch flipping. And it's funny because, you know, <laughs> 10 years later I start doing YouTube videos about it and like that's what really popped off and like really got me off the map or on the map um pretty quickly. And that was my first successful business, you know. I was making about 8 grand a month net from it wow. and I was like, man, this is great. Um I'm finally like we're balling, you know, making this money. Yeah. Like we really were like balling for us. And you know, that that kind of like satisfied that first need of like, man, okay, we're good. I've provided for us. That was my main focus. Then, you know, I get into house flipping um, shortly thereafter. And, you know, I take more big risk. I start maxing out our credit cards. I start, you know, getting these high interest loans. And, you know, I don't obviously know if I'm going to do it right or not, but, you know, it ends up working out, obviously. And, yeah. you know, we made 25 grand the first deal. And I was like, wow, this is more money than I've ever seen, like in a month on a single thing. Right. And yeah. I'm like, man, the possibilities here are endless. I mean, what if I just bought one house a month and I, that's 250 grand, you know, that's where my mind was at at the time. And, you know, I ended up doing that my second year, we bought um, 20, but you know, we only sold a handful of them. And I think we made about $200,000 and I was like, dude, I've made it. This is freaking crazy guys. <laughs> like, I can't believe I've made this much money. This is back in 2016. And, um, you know, I tell people that because it's like, man, it was only six years ago or so that I, I made $100,000 for the first time, you know? And from there, um, the next year, we ended up making 750 grand um, flipping houses. And, wow. you know, it was at that point that I was really able to like start helping, you know, beyond just my family. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, shortly thereafter, you know, we ended up buying my parents a house. Um, you know, we ended up buying her parents a house and, you know, all this cool stuff. And it was great. Um, you know, after, you know, really providing for everyone around us now, they, they call that like stage two, like, okay, you first provide for yourself, then you're able to go start providing for your immediate family and those around you. And I was able to create jobs for my family and friends. So it was really cool. But then the third stage is, and it's where, you know, you see a lot of these billionaires and stuff live in is like, man, okay, what, what's next? Like money is not the issue anymore. So how do I make an impact on the rest of the world? Not just those around me. And, yeah. you know, for me, social media is the easiest way to do that because it's like, man, how else could you reach a massive amount of people? Social media is like the perfect tool. Um, obviously you can reach people in your business and everything else, but um, social media is like the the top of the funnel that gets people into your businesses and all those things that can really help them um, and into events like WealthCon, for example. Right. So, you know, that that's kind of like the stage that I'm at is like, okay, well, you know, obviously we want to continue to build more businesses. We want to make more money, but, you know, what kind of impact are we going to have with the resources we have today? Because we have way more resources today than we did five years ago. You know, if I have a, a good size social media following, what am I doing with the videos and the content to like change people's lives? You know, if we have right. uh, the opportunity to start a business or a program, whatever, like, is this going to really help people or not? You know, and if it's not, then 
do we even really want to do it, even though it can become a great business? Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of where my mind's at is like, it is about helping people. Um, the other side of the coin is too, like, what else am I going to do? You know, like yeah. <laughs> people, if people talk about wanting to retire early, that sounds like a nightmare. You know, if I was just <laughs> retired and I didn't do anything and I'm 34 years old, like I'd, I'd be living with no purpose. It'd be stupid, you know? So, um, yeah. and I love to golf. Don't get me wrong, but you know, if I was just a golf every day with my old retired buddies, which by the way, they'd all be old because there's no young retired people to hang out with. They're all working. Sure. Totally. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I see the old retired guys, like it's cool. You know, you, you lowered your handicap a little bit, but it's, it's meaningless. Right. Yeah. Come on, man. It's so good. dude. <laughs> yeah. I love that, man. I want to talk real quick about your, your podcast, the wealthy way podcast. I always love talking to other podcasters there. You know, I've been doing this thing since 2017 there, uh, but for you, like how has having a podcast helped you in your business? Dude, I love the podcast, man. I started it back in 2021 um, and it's done really well. You know, we've had some amazing guests and, you know, super grateful for the podcast and we, we keep upgrading the quality, you know, the sets, the, it's just everything. We're just trying to get better every day at it. But I'll tell you this, the podcast was probably... I don't know if I could call it the smartest thing, but definitely up there for one of the smartest things I've ever done. Um, and the reason is a few, okay? Number one, with the podcast, unlike other content, you know, you, you get the opportunity to invite people, right? So it's like other content, I, which I do. It's like me solo and I do the content and it's fine. But, you know, when somebody comes on my podcast, we do them all live. Um, it's a way to like build a relationship. And so all these people come in and they see our offices, they see the people working all this stuff. And like, wow, okay, this guy's like legit. I didn't realize he had all this going on. And then we film the show, we build rapport. It's great. And inevitably, um, assuming everything goes well, like we become friends and you know, it's from there that anything can happen. I mean, when you're interviewing high level people, um, the opportunities are endless, you know? And right. so I've, I've been able to have a lot of the people that, come on my show, speak at WealthCon. Um, and they do it willingly. You know, I haven't had to pay anyone to come speak at my events. Like they do it willingly, um, wow. because of the relationship we've built. Um, you know, we, we do business opportunities. Some of the people I've ended up partnering with, some of them invest with me. Um, you know, the, the business side of it is that the opportunities are endless. And then, you know, you build one relationship with somebody and then they introduce you to somebody else that, you know, you've wanted to meet. And so it's a really cool thing. You know, the second reason it's great is it, you know, it, for me, I learn a lot from these guests. Like I'm just asking them questions that I want to yeah. know selfishly, right? I'm like, yo, <laughs> totally. how did, how did you do this? Okay, let's go do it. Like I, I need to understand it better because I want to go apply it. So, yep. you know, the learning aspect is great. And then I would say, you know, the third thing is it's easy for me to do them. I can just hop on a podcast and talk. I don't have to prep. I don't have to like script it's just less roll and um, it's an easy way for me to make content. Whereas, you know, other videos and stuff, we, you know, it's like, man, okay, but what's the topic going to be? How do we want to position this? Like, when are we going to say that? Like, it's very, you know, scripted to a degree versus a podcast has really no script. And I love that. Right. I love free flowing and it's less work on my end. And, you know, all in all, um, I think the podcast, you know, I'm just talking about it from my own personal perspective of why I like it, but I, I think it also creates the most impact too. It's like, you know, we do a ton of reels and TikToks and all that stuff, but 
how how much are you really going to learn in 30 seconds, you know, sure. versus you go watch a show for an hour to two hours, like you're going to really learn something. And I think the audience um, just has, uh, it's just a better effect on the audience. And, you know, if you're changing lives, um, you know, with your content, your podcast, then inevitably they're going to work with you some way in business. Yeah. Oh, so good, man. So good. I absolutely love that, man. Ryan, you're an absolute world changer, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and joining me on the show today, man. I know that people are going to get impacted. Hopefully people get out there and, and don't miss WealthCon. And uh, man, just uh, excited and honored to have you on the show, man. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.